Welcome to Don't Trust the Mirror, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder, with psychoanalyst Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the queen of self-esteem. Maureen shares her personal journey of her struggles with an eating disorder and how that changed her life. Listen as Maureen shares her pain, her stories, and her triumphs. Today, as a psychoanalyst, her mission is to help as many women as possible overcome their challenges. Now, my secret life with an eating disorder. Hi, this is Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the queen of self-esteem. Welcome to my podcast, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder. I have an amazing guest on today. She is a singer, songwriter, influencer, and wears many, many hats. I'm very excited to introduce you to Jesenia. Hi, Jesenia. How are you? Can you share a little bit about your story and tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Maureen, for having me here. I'm really happy to be a part of this and the topic we're going to be discussing today. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to talking with you. Yeah. I was uh, wondering if you could share a bit about yourself. And I was very interested in hearing about your transformational journey. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in, in, in Newark, New Jersey, uh, first generation from immigrant parents. Um, I have brothers that are much older than I. Uh, so growing up, I felt like an only child. Um, I was very overweight as a kid, um, not because my parents fed us junk food. No, my mom actually cooked home cooked meals every day. I don't know how she was able to juggle like work, school, and then my brothers and I, but she did. And, and, and she had the house immaculate. Uh, the issue was I was fed the way they were fed back home and back home. There weren't a lot of chemicals and all these other things that you find now in today's foods. Also back home for them, they walked and walked and walked and walked. You know? Do you see where is, where is home? Uh, Ecuador. Ecuador. Uh-huh. Yeah. My parents both are from Ecuador, you know, having brothers that were, much older than I, 11 and 12 years apart from me, uh, they were soccer players, you know, they were athletes. So traditionally in the Latin community, if you didn't eat everything that was served to you, that was disrespectful uh, because nothing should go to waste, especially food. I grew up with those old traditions in a modern world. It didn't make growing up easy for me because I was obviously the heaviest out of my friends and I only got heavier. My parents did work really hard to put me into a private Catholic school, which also made it a bit complex for me because I was the only Latina, you know, everyone else was Portuguese, Italian, Irish, Polish. And here I was already feeling outside because of my weight, but also the color of my skin. It wasn't until I was teetering out of eighth grade into high school that um, my physician scared me skinny. You know, I wish I could say that. (laughs) I wish my transformation was, was, you know, uh, an easy walk through, you know, a field of roses, but it was very, um, it was scary. He told me that, you know, I was hypertensive, uh, borderline diabetic. And then if I continued this lifestyle that I would inevitably have a short life and my quality of life would just get poor. And that was confusing to my parents because neither of them were, you know, not healthy. And they didn't, they didn't look at me as being, even to this day, they're like, you weren't fat, you weren't fat. I'm like, okay, well, 
as per our doctor's visit and as per that moment, you know, it was obviously contrary. And I think as parents, you know, they try to do the best to, to be great parents. And then if they feel like they failed in some aspect, they don't want to say that. That well, was- There was such a cultural piece to this too. Like the culture <laughs> was a conflict and uh, right. it seems like it made it really hard. Oh, they made it so hard for them because it was like, what do you mean she can't eat all that? Well, it's like she could, but she's not, all those carbs are not that great considering that she's just studying at home, sitting on a desk, reading books, doing homework, you know, your sons are out there playing in the soccer field and training at the gym. And, you know, it's a lot different, you know, for me, it scared me skinny. So back then, you know, I'm, I'm, I just turned 38, uh, this September. So back then for me, uh, there weren't any real resources other than my doctor and, you know, there was no Google. There were no uh, Facebook support chats. There was nothing. And so for me, I thought, okay, if me eating equals me being overweight, and that also equates to being unhealthy, well, if I eat less or not at all, I'm going to lose weight and I'll be healthy. And you're talking about a young mind, you know, who's trying to figure it out. And so what it led to was an eating disorder. Um, I became anorexic. Well, and so many young girls also, I think, feel the same way. They have this distortion that sort of like just eat less, get skinny. And I know in my own journey, I had an eating disorder many, many years ago. Again, no resources, knew nothing. I just knew I was uncomfortable with my body and thought if I lose weight, I would just feel better and fit in also. Absolutely. Um, and and for me, I started journaling. I don't know if you've ever, if it's you journal. It's so interesting too, because for me, I dove into reading books and writing. So for me, comic books were like really my, my thing. It was like a world where I wasn't getting teased, a world where there was nobody that, you know, it, it just felt safe and writing especially felt safe for me too. Uh, which is why when I do write music or if I'm, you know, right now I'm working on a book too. Um, it's, it's very therapeutic for me in a lot of ways. I wish I could say it ended at anorexia, but it didn't in high school. I, I, you know, I came as a, as a heavy set girl. And then by the end of the year, I'm, you know, losing dramatic weight. And so I went to an, a very small all girls school, St. Vincent's Academy the principal was very concerned. Academically, I excelled. I was in you know National Honor Society. I volunteered and did a bunch of things, but they just were very confused by what was going on. And so um, they had a meeting. They basically said, I think your daughter has an eating disorder. My parents were like, what is that? <laughs> you know? yeah, they had no idea what that you know. <laughs> What is that? It became a, an effort at home and at school to make sure that I ate. So now the control that I had the sense of some type of gratitude that I got from like just starving and knowing when to eat and not to eat was taken away from me. And I was being monitored so closely that I just, I almost resented everyone around me that was trying to make sure that I was safe and healthy, but I was like putting on some weight, you know? And when I say some weight, it might've been like, five pounds max, but compared to what I had already lost, it was very dramatic. And for me, the scale was something that I was super obsessed with. So even if I just drank water and I went to go weigh myself, it was like, 
you know, horrible relationship with the scale was really that it, it you know, I, I think of it as weighing your self-esteem. It really just impacted how it was a mirror for you at how you felt about yourself. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll be very honest with you, you know, as someone that can relate to me, I'm sure you know that like having gone through an eating disorder, it's, it's, it's a forever thing. You have to really mentally train yourself and remind yourself to be kind to yourself. Yes. I actually don't own a scale. So when people ask me how much I weigh, I, I, I don't because I'm, I'm also no longer fixated on that number. And I've grown dramatically from that age in high school and my early college days to where I am now. I now focus on being healthy and feeling good versus trying to look a certain aesthetic that isn't even in my built. You know, I'm Latina. We're curvy. You know, my I have a long lineage of soccer players on on my dad's. I get my dad's lower body. You know, <laughs> so as, genetics play an important role as well. That we right, the genetics, and you don't know, and you don't know this growing up. You're kind of like, you know, why can't I fit in a double zero? Well, because you can't. You know, no matter how much you starve yourself. So. I went from being anorexic to bulimic because now I was eating in front of people, but I was excusing myself whenever I went to the bathroom and I was forcing myself to throw up. And that for a brief time, no one knew what was going on. You know, they were like, oh, she's eating. She's eating at school. It had to be logged at home. It had to be logged. But no one was following me to the bathroom. No one knew. And then eventually that caught on. You know, and it wasn't until my junior year in high school where I, you know, once you start forcing yourself to, to throw up, it becomes harder and harder. Well, it becomes know? a habit. And, and also there's a physiological piece to that, too. Right. And the shame and and you really have this whole secret life. Right. Right. And for me, I could no longer just put my finger down my throat and 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 activate that 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 reaction i had to rely on you know the edge of my toothbrush and eventually things that can really hurt you to right and um i ended up hurting myself i ended up hurting one of my vocal cords and i also uh noticed that i was destroying the back of my teeth um and these were things that at that given point i just was like well why can't i just be skinny like why can't i just it, for me it felt like just breathing air made me put on weight. Um, but again, it was the being teased as a kid for being overweight. It was also me not loving myself enough and seeing what what society back then pictured beauty. And I didn't fit that mirror, you know. In college, I ended up discovering the gym. <laughs> you know, I went to Seton Hall University and there was a, a, a campus, you know, we had a, a gym on our campus and I would literally rely on the cardio machine an did hour. Like, did it feel like you went from one compulsion to another? Because I know that can very easily happen too. Oh, absolutely. It was one obsession and compulsion to another one. I found myself being a cardio bunny. Like I was, I was, I, I was a gym rat, but it was all cardio in the morning, an hour elliptical, I'd shower, go to class in between class before lunch, I'd go back and I would do the Stairmaster for an hour shower and then go to my next class. And I would, I would do three hours of cardio a day. Well, and that, and that it, it, it feels like you live in your own personal hell with all that because right. it, if you can't stop it, but you, right. it, it's, it becomes just you driven by it. 
Right. And it, and the access was so close because it, it made it so easy. I didn't have to worry about going to a gym and then running in through traffic. It was literally just walking distance in between classes, you know, and there was a shower and, you know, I didn't have to feel uncomfortable. And I was the skinniest then. And I felt the most beautiful. Honestly, I, I did. I look at pictures now and I'm like, oh, my God, my head was bigger than my body. You know, I'm five foot one. And and that just shouldn't even be like. I, I think I was no more than 90 pounds, yeah. probably less. Um, so how, did you, how did you get to where you are today? Just Ooh. feel like the self-love and, and, and yourself and the positive messages that you, you send out to people. How did you, yeah. how did you Ooh. make that shift? Um, you know, I, I call it one of my blessings and nightmare moment in my life. Um, I was in an abusive relationship. I'm not a fighter. I still don't know how to fight but I was definitely not strong enough to get away from him. And once I was able to get away from that relationship and it took multiple efforts and it took, it was very dangerous. Um, and after a year of that relationship, I decided I wanted to feel strong. I wanted to feel strong and be strong. So something that I tried to avoid, which was the gym, you know, weights. Um, I started embarking on that. And just like anything else, you kind of get a little bit fixated on something. But for me, it led it led me to bodybuilding and it taught me a few things. It taught me discipline. It mm -hmm. taught me that food is your friend. And it taught me that you could shape and mold your body to what you want it to be. Of course, genetics is a huge part, too. The reason I stopped the bodybuilding after my first competition was because I also learned how unhealthy it is. I wasn't, and I'm still not a fan of taking supplements like fat burners and, you know, recovery things or anything that's going to, it's very extreme. It's extreme. And it's, and it's honestly, I feel like I don't need it. I've, I've been living my life without all of that. Um, since I stopped the, the bodybuilding competition world and I developed something, I always tell people give something 30, 60 days and it becomes a habit. And then after that, it's a lifestyle. That was when I was 22 and 23, I was training severely for bodybuilding. When it led to the water depletion, when it led to, you know, these carb loading and like, it just, Seriously. it does a lot to your body. Yeah, it does a lot to your body. You know, I, because I was just, um, I, I'm thinking about all that you are putting your body through mm -hmm. and wondering how you made the outside because there was such a focus on the outside and, and you're trying to get strong too, but how you matched your, your insides oh, to really yeah. develop that feeling for yourself and also wondering what your relationship was like with the mirror and in matching your insides and your outside, since my website is don't trust the mirror. Right. And, uh, and I'm very, I always like hearing about people's relationship with the mirror as well. You know, it's so interesting. I don't look at the mirror unless I'm doing my makeup. I'm not one to stand in front of the mirror and as I'm dressing to look at my body. I'm not one to even go to fitting rooms. I honestly don't. Oh, my God. Growing up, that was like the worst for me, you know, because you would just be so fixated on why this doesn't fit the way it should. And why is is this baggier or tighter and all these things um, for me? It's it's an I have a gorgeous mirror in my in my bedroom, but it's only for decor and when it's time to do my makeup. Uh, <laughs> um, for me, there are lots of, of transitions in my life. And one of them was the biggest one that's led me to love myself completely. And that takes work too, 
was in 2020. I think 2020, it, it, the world was obviously upside down. I went through a breakup um, and I was at a point in my life where I needed to really take care of myself. There was no distractions. There was no gym to run to. There was no nightclub to hang out with my girls if I wanted to go get a drink. There was there was no recording studio to go get lost hours and writing music. There was nothing but you were with you. Right. So I called uh, my insurance and I said, I, I, I need to talk to someone professionally. Um, you know, fun fact, a lot of people don't know this, but I worked in the psychiatric crisis unit for years, you know, oh, wow. from when I was there as a clerk to a technician and then as an LPN nurse. You knew about mental health and therapy. Yes. Yes. So I was like, you know, it's, it, and it's so interesting. A lot of the times people that help others don't help themselves. And we really do need to take care of ourselves. And I think at one point too, when I was in that field, there was a large stigma attached to mental health. It wasn't as positive and, and open as we can discuss now. I think back then, if you said, oh my God, I have a therapist, I'd be like, wait, she or he must be crazy. And that is the stigma that we also had to live at that time. And now it's a beautiful time to be alive. You know, you can have purple and green and red hair all at once. And, you know, you could have a, a birthmark senior and, and just embrace it. And I think social media has its pros and its cons. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that, too, just because you're on social media. You have a, you have a big presence on social media. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest pros is the um, outlets that you can find these these groups, these 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 communities where you feel understood and seen, you know, because when you're going through all this, especially during our time when we didn't have social media like that, you feel like you're an alien and like life is just like you have this rain cloud above your head. And it's like, why me? You know, um, and in today's world, I think social media is a very good outlet to use to talk about things. When I use my platform, I talk about my highs and my lows. I don't just paint a pretty picture. You know, I, I do remind people that I still struggle. You know, I'm very open about that because I don't want people to get confused because you can get confused when you judge you a book by its cover. You know, you're like, oh, her, her life is perfect. It's far it presents a pretty picture and it's not always pretty. Right. And that's why I also do have a podcast myself. It's called The Girl Talks. And I, and I touch upon topics that matter to me and, and in hopes that it can help someone. I talk about loving yourself. And for me, it took therapy. I think that was the biggest act of love that I had for myself was, you know what? I'm by myself. I'm scared. My thoughts are leading me to where, you know, again, I, I, I didn't love myself as a child, as a young teenager. I, I had suicidal thoughts and I acted on them, you know, and I didn't want to risk that happening in my uh, mid thirties when I had so much more to live. And uh, yeah, it was a scary time, but therapy definitely helped. I ended up going to a, a, a spiritual retreat and um, and I was able to talk about a lot of traumas that I went through. And I realized that my theme was I didn't love myself, which is why I allowed myself to be in situations longer than needed to be abusive, dangerous, where I almost lost my life on the hands of someone that claimed to love me. But that led me to discovering myself. And one of the things that it did help me also dive into is building a better and deeper relationship with me, talking to myself. Like right now, I just I just 
got my eggs retrieved and frozen for a second round on Friday. Yesterday, my my belly was just so inflamed and bloated (laughs) that I had to just think and say, you know what? I'm proud of you because you did what you were supposed to do. And this is just temporary and we're going to get through this and you're going to bounce right back to where you were and you're going to be stronger and healthy and that's it. But my older me would have probably just been so fixated and I would have probably just dove into a really deep rabbit hole that probably couldn't get myself out of. It sounds like you have worked so hard to change so much of the messages that you were given when you were growing up to being really positive at this point in your life and really countering those negative thoughts and realizing how how negative and destructive they can be to something really positive for yourself. How, How have you been able to do that? Is that through therapy, just being very conscious of that and just very aware of, of your thoughts and mindful therapy. I think one, it's shifting the energy, it's shifting the focus. I know for me, I was aware of all that was negative and I wasn't appreciating the good that I had in my life. Uh, you have to remind yourself that some people are living a happy life and, and, and without limbs. And, and you have to think about how blessed you are with what it is you do have social media can be positive. I follow a lot of outlets that I love reading the, the, the memes, the quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that we have real seeing some really positive, like kind like kindness. Um, I avoid certain things that social media can also have, which is the opposite of positive. You know, right. there are sometimes there, you know, girls that hide behind a ton of filters, a ton of makeup, a ton of work. And I, I am not against what makes you happy, but as an influencer, I get DMs, emails and, and called and reached out all the time, especially by like doctors offering me free this, free that, free this. And it's like, I don't want to do that. You know, like, I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to change myself to that point. There are things that I've worked on on myself from surviving my abuser, you know, having there and there's a few things that I'm still very aware and healing from, but I have to be very mindful of what it is that I follow. And for me, a lot of the times, beautiful women that are, you know, brand ambassadors and, you know, all this other stuff, it's great, but I can't follow them. I can't well, follow it can them. Be, it can be very seductive, really. Right. And you can get very easily sucked into it. And, yeah. and I, I also was wondering just how vulnerable you feel at times being influencer. Oh yeah. There's a lot of vulnerability when it comes to sharing things because just like with everything, there will always be people who will project their pain onto you. A few years ago, I struggled with that a lot because, you know, there's a famous uh, celebrity rapper, reality star, Cardi B. She started following my page and I, I don't know, I still don't know why she followed my page. Maybe she liked something that I was talking about positive or maybe she just liked my attitude or something. Who knows? But she followed me. I followed her back. And because of the algorithmic way Instagram works, my comments would always pop up at the top of her feet. It didn't matter if it was in that moment that she posted or hours later, days later, it would always pop up at the top. And that made me an open target to so many trolls, so many keyboard warriors. Some people would literally 
you know, because they were anti Cardi fans, they became anti Jasenia. And I would get messages like, go kill yourself. And, you know, you're this and you're oh, that. That's horrible. So something that was so positive turned out to be really it made you a target in a very negative way. Right. How, how did you deal with that? It got to the point where it took me a little while of, of realizing that I couldn't get through to these people. And it got to the point where I felt like it took me back when I was a kid trying to defend myself and trying to be, you know, heard. And I realized that these people, you can't change the way they act or think or what or, or how they feel. So I ended up just ignoring them. And as the years have gone by, I have no hate that comes from that at all. Um, for me being open about certain things, and I feel like a lot of good has come from it is because I have helped people. And that's my, 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 like, that's really what my intention is. I went into the field of nursing because I wanted to help people. When I decided to jump into this full time and not finish my RN because I had my LPN license. Um, I remember my, my coworkers telling me like, you're so good at helping people figure out a way to do it with your platform. You have millions of people that follow you. It was when they told me that, that I decided to take a leap of faith. And of course I wear a couple of, of different hats and different roles because, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, in essence is what you are as an influencer, as an artist, as a creator. So the bills don't get paid by itself. So you know, I, 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 I work and I work with brands that I actually stand by on a positive message and they're very far and in between because I don't know how they reach me and find me, but they do. And when they do, it's great. I've done some stuff with Disney. I've done some stuff with Marvel. You know, it's kind of interesting that it all goes back. Yeah. That it all goes, you know, yes. Yes. so it's pretty cool. You, you, you truly have an amazing story. You, you really do. And are such a, an influence, a positive influence to so many people. I was wondering before we end, if you could give my listeners three or four tips that they can take with them to stay positive and to uh, to love themselves. Thank you so much for, for allowing me the space right now to share some of my tips. I think my biggest, biggest tip is, is this. Just use the mirror for what it's intended for. You know, if you're going to do your makeup, it's kind of hard to do it without a mirror. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Just use it for that. Let it, don't let it be something that's your main focus. I, I know that I, you can get lost in it. And don't always trust it. Right. And don't always trust it because some of those mirrors will make you look like you put on some weight and, and it's absolutely not right. Well, how you're made. And it's a reflection of how you're feeling inside. Right. So mirror. Mm. <laughs> Another one would be, honestly, I know that it's hard sometimes for people to exercise. I do make an effort. If that's me waking up a little bit earlier or me knowing that, you know what, I want to sleep in because I have a long day, but figuring out, listen, whether it's stretching at home or going to the gym or taking a walk, it's, it's very important to get Go outside and leave your space. I, I absolutely agree with you. Mo- yeah. Movement is is so important in nature. Can be very yes. healing. Yes, yes. And while you're outside, go hug a tree. That's nice too. That's great. Grounding's pretty cool. I know a lot of people, they're like, make fun of me until they do it. And then they're like, wow, this feels so great. And I'm like, there's something about the earth and it's charge and, and our energy. And just try that. Try it if you haven't. And if you do it, keep doing it. And another one, honestly, 
you always have to just check up with yourself and ask yourself, how are you doing? I think a lot of the times people such as us, we're givers, we're naturally givers and we forget to take care of ourselves and give to ourselves. So periodically I will do that. And I will also advocate for myself. You know, sometimes I'll tell, you know, my boyfriend, I can't do this or, you know, my parents, I don't have time for that because I have to find a peace for myself. And I think that when you are your biggest fan, your biggest advocate, you will be able to get through all your lows and then shine in your highs. Self-care is very, very important. Yes. And I love, I love your messages. Thank you so much. This is fun. <laughs> it is fun. I think we could talk for a lot longer. There's a lot of things we could talk about. I have so many more questions for you and, uh, and, and so interested in, in more of your story. Before we end, can you tell my listeners how they can find you and where your podcast is and where they can follow you? Yeah. So my podcast is called A Girl Talks. Um, it's on any streaming platform that you have on social media. It's I am Jessenia. That's J-E-S-S-E-N-I-A. And yeah, you know, I, I, I try to keep a nice balance and remind people that life isn't perfect and that's perfectly okay. That is a, a, a fabulous way to, to end our conversation today and a great message. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. It was such a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you for listening to My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder. Please follow it on any of your social media platforms. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Don't Trust the Mirror, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder with psychoanalyst Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the queen of self-esteem. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit DontTrustTheMirror.com where you'll find all our social networking links and can post your stories, comments, and questions. Until next time, remember, trust yourself. Don't trust the mirror.